Welcome. And um, yeah, maybe we can start with a little bit of an overview of what Glyphic is and what you're working on. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, hi everyone, Adam, co-founder and CEO of Glyphic. Our high level mission is helping companies build and sell what their customers need. But what we're really focusing on now is building an AI system for sales teams. So something, especially for the account executive uh, work stream and workflow. So something that helps you prepare from the point a meeting is booked onwards, help you prepare uh, post-meeting, does all the data entry for you automatically in your Salesforce so that everything's up to date. And then when you go to a follow-up meeting, you kind of brief you before that meeting. This is what you discussed last time. These are the open questions. This is maybe deals that are similar to you. This is how they went, uh, et cetera. So kind of really supporting sales reps uh, in this journey. So kind of moving deals forward, but also so that kind of the effectiveness, but also productivity. A lot of the admin work around data entry, follow-up emails, prep, looking at research, et cetera, trying to automate a lot of that. And you mentioned that it would integrate to a tool like uh, Salesforce. Are you integrating into all the top CRMs or just focusing on Salesforce right now? So yeah, right now, Salesforce, HubSpot, Pipedrive, it's covering quite a big share of the market. Uh, yeah, so we're focusing just on, on these three right now. But I mean, to be honest, adding another CRM now is not that difficult, but it's yeah. uh, just not priority. I think a big chunk of the market is covered like this. Definitely. Yeah, I think HubSpot, Salesforce, Pipedrive. I mean, those are like the top three that I think of. Um, maybe Monday.com is in there, which I know, yeah, you, yeah. know you guys might be plugged into as well. But then, okay, let's talk a little bit about the customers. Um, so it's it's uh, account executive account. You said account executives. I would I would say account execs are best supported yeah. right now. So their workflow, but we're kind of we're not we're going top down. So very often we actually start talking to VPs of sales, CROs, etc. Just because we work best if we're integrated properly in the whole team, and also we've got the connections into your CRM, and so we're really going top down and then onboarding full teams. Adam does the tool integrate with zoom and then basically pull like the transcript from that and then pipe those details into the CRM. So, yeah. So what we do, we integrate with calendars. So that's one thing we integrate with zoom, Google meet, Microsoft teams, Webex on the video recording side, and then we integrate with CRMs, uh, and kind of video calls for us is a source of information. And so we're processing those. But we're also now starting to process, let's say, email. So if you track your emails in your HubSpot, we kind of we process them as well and digest that information from it and extract and create summaries of the deals, et cetera, using information both from video conferencing, but also emails. Does it do any automation or is it sort of uh, like, does it do any work on your behalf or does it guide you like a co-pilot and keep things top of mind? Yeah, so it's it's both, I would say, and it also depends how you use it. But we want to automate as much as possible, but then use that information to co-pilot you and assist you when you're going through the deal and through the conversation. So for example, CRM export and kind of all that data entry, you can do it manually, you can review it, but uh, most users would just do it automatically, kind of have it on autopilot where after a call, as soon as the call is processed, we analyze it and push it in, push it into CRM. And then you talked a little bit about your tech now being more useful than some of the legacy technology that we've seen that records some of the calls that you're taking on Zoom, et cetera, and gives you transcriptions off of that. I'm thinking of tools like Fireflies. Uh, that was a tool that I've been using or I was using. I no longer use, but um, that was a popular tool back then. 
But the transcriptions that we get now, at least Josh and I, when we do these calls and then transcribe via Descript, it's like a podcast editing software. Yeah, it's it's so it's so freaking good. Like it's it's amazing, and yeah. and we're able to do so many things from that tool after. But the transcription by itself is excellent. Um, so I don't know who's powering their transcription systems, but what are some of the tools that you're leveraging to power your infrastructure at Glyphic? Yeah, so we're actually ourselves we're not specifically doing the transcription. We're really focusing on the the text analysis and text understanding, etc. So we were looking at existing tools that are out there, and so working with a few APIs. I think Whisper, kind of everyone, I think started using that. It's interesting to see, for example, Gemini recently came up uh, and they have a big improvement, at least that's what they claim, over Whisper V3. So I'm quite excited to start using that when it's available. Uh, yeah, so we're using existing tools. This is not, I would say, something we want to focus on. For us, we want to convert that into text so that then we can analyze the conversations, map it with emails, previous conversations, and all that stuff. How do you think about Moat? for your company, because the way that I've been thinking about it the last six to 12 months has been, there's these foundational models that we're all going to leverage, right? And then you basically can then train those models with specific data sets. And then basically your moat is around the data sets and then also the user experience that you're providing in like a very specific way. Is that, would you say that's how you're, how you guys think about kind of creating a moat for yeah Glyphic. yeah i think i think it, it's that and i mean it's it's always user experience in the end we're all building SaaS tools the user experience needs to be really really smooth and sleek and so that's definitely going to be a big thing on the technical side having a singular focus on sales and sales conversation you can definitely improve performance of models and their accuracy and kind of make sure hallucination doesn't happen all that stuff so i would say that's another thing I was listening to one of your previous podcasts with mike from final round and I think he was yeah. talking about this kind of routing between different models, some of them your own, et cetera. So I think it's interesting because, yeah, we're using a similar approach, using different models, some of them our own, some of them public, and kind of routing in between them. You know, the space is moving really fast. And so it's it's interesting to observe. And also it's interesting to make sure you can incorporate whenever there's an advancement into your product. And so these routing models are definitely something that uh, will be powering most of the tools that want to stay on top of the best models, let's say. I think that's a good question as well, because it opens up a discussion around the hub spots of the world who have resources to invest in AI products to help people close more deals. They're in that same business as you are. Essentially, they're, they're your partner and you're integrating with them, but they're also probably a close competitor of yours. So how do you think, I'm, you know, I'm sure you, you're also, you come from a background, I know you were uh, working at DeepMind before, so you might have friends who are working on the AI stuff at HubSpot. Have you had discussions with anybody there and any insights on what their focus is and how that might differ from yours? So we haven't had direct conversations with our AI team, but yeah, I think there's a lot of players and everyone's trying to become a horizontal player as well. And I think that, for example, the consolidation, let's say, push in 2023 was definitely going to that direction. But at the same time, I like tools that are focused on what they do and do it in the best way. And I think we're slowly moving into that direction again. And so I think it makes sense, for example, to use HubSpot or Salesforce as your CRM as the store of record, then use, let's say, Glyphic for some kind of the conversation analysis and use other tools, let's say Clary for forecasting. So I think it's a pendulum, but we're going to move to 
people using the best tool out there for every single thing. And I think it's difficult when you do have a very wide horizontal play to stay best in every category. And especially now when the AI side is moving so fast, that even for researchers, it's difficult to stay on top of the developments every day. I feel like it's even more difficult to then adjust product roadmaps within some of these bigger organizations. Adam, I assume you're using Glyphic for your own. So. We, we are, yeah, yeah. Okay. Super, yeah. Su super useful, yeah. yeah. We, were just, uh, we were just doing our pipeline analysis, I think like a month ago, and it's, uh, it's, uh, it's great to, to have Glyphic on nearly every call. Isn't it cool to dog food your own tool? It's like, I yeah. That. Uh, I think Tim mentioned you raised five and a half million from VC. Is that correct? That that's right. Yeah. Nice. I assume you guys have customers, or are you like, what does that look like? Yeah. So I mean, we started building in January. Kind of shipped our first design partners in April, the first version of our product, and since August, started converting users into paying customers, and so. Kind of this year was really interesting because from, from zero to, to having paying customers, uh, kind of we went through the whole journey. I mean, still still early stages, but next year will be really interesting because we'll be scaling, I think, both the product and the commercial team. I think now in December, we're really at capacity, I think, on every front engineering product, GTM. And so in January, we'll start thinking of how to scale that. And then Adam, first of all, congratulations on the raise. It's amazing news. And so excited to see you guys um come out of stealth and starting to get some customers and, and super excited for the 2024 for you guys. So uh, yeah, congrats on that front. But uh, I, I, I kind of want to go a step back from the race. You're, you're probably building product for quite a while before you're able to uh, pitch to investors. And you might have you might have been doing that while having a full-time job. So tell us a little bit more about the, the founding story between you and your co-founder and how things finally lined up where you were like, okay, let's do this. Let's go all in on Glyphic and, um, and, and we have a, a clear vision and we're going to execute on it. Yeah, basically Devang and I, my co-founder and I, we work together at DeepMind kind of working on large language models, especially applications of large language models applied to let's say private data, external data for question answering and similar applications. And I think being a DeepMind, we're really lucky being a couple of years ahead in terms of what public could play with and use. And so we really saw where this whole thing is moving. But I would say even a year and a half ago, two years ago, it was difficult to actually apply large language models in products, let's say at Google, because it's it was still kind of uncharted territory. Think a lot of maybe legal things, then you don't know kind of what's going to get produced, uh, et cetera. So it, it wasn't straightforward, but we really wanted to build products and move fast using, using user feedback. And so that's why we decided to leave and kind of start working on, on Glyphic. I think we we're quite lucky that we got some investors already early on pre-product. And then as we were doing product discovery and building team and honing on the direction, uh, kind of brought on a few additional investors with us being in stealth. We kind of really wanted to announce that we exist and the direction we're going on and the, the investment when we were in a position where we could really onboard inbound interest uh, onto the platform. So that was kind of the main reason we waited with the announcement because it's always generates buzz, generates inbound. Uh, if you can really use that inbound, it would be a wasted effort. And so that's why we waited. Were the investors pre-product all angels or were you able to get some VCs committed pre-product? Also VCs, yeah. We started with angels and then VCs, yeah. That's great. I'm just curious for my own selfish sake, are they uh, states and in Europe or are they 
just in both, the- both. So angels, both states and US, VCs also, UK and US, yeah. Nice. Um, yeah, I think it was 0.72 who who led the round. Yeah. Uh, oh, cool. 0.72 yeah. led uh, Creative Fund, and we got Dion Ventures, and then yeah, several angels. I had a question about where you think all this is going in terms of sales, AI and sales. Do you see it where like all salespeople are replaced? Do you see a future where salespeople are literally just focused on having the best calls possible? Like, what what does that look like to you over the next I, year, I think it's- ten years? Yeah, no, I think it's the latter. When you're buying something, especially in a B2B, you yeah. still want to know who's behind that, what kind of yeah. support you'll get and all that stuff. So it's still going to be human selling to humans, but definitely a lot of the steps might be automated. So let's say some of the outbound, some of the inbound, let's say interest, you can automate these steps uh, and they're definitely getting automated and kind of completely saturated. But I would say the account executive workflow it'll still be the same in the sense that it'll still be required, but people will be able to do more with less, be more productive, have more high quality conversations. Uh, and so your conversion rates will be better, et cetera. So I think that's the direction we're going in. And it's also the direction that I, that I like o- rather, you know, augmentation rather than automation. I kind of like that, uh, having a personal assistant that can do things for you, but you're still in control. That's, yeah, that's the direction that I like. I like that framing augmentation over automation. And it's funny, like you hear people worried about AI. It seems like AI is actually making us more human. It's taking away all the shit that we don't want to do. And then allowing for these kind of human centric jobs and marketing and sales to actually flourish. So it's really interesting to see. Yeah, no, I mean, even in our conversations with our customers, you know, they want definitely their, you know, their reps to, and their teams to be more productive, but they also want them to be happier. And uh, if you take away a lot of the drudgery, the team is happier and is performing better. And I'm, I'm wondering, Adam, because you're using your, your own tech now in your sales processes, can you call out maybe one or two key features that really help you specifically? Yeah, so I really like the prep sheet. So kind of going into a call, having a review of, what, what we discussed previously, what are the open questions, what are maybe some of the similar deals, et cetera. I think that's one thing that really helps me prep for calls. And then the other one is just the automation so that we have all this information in our CRM and I can then have a look at what were all the pain points mentioned in the last quarter or something like that. So that I can kind of think a bit more around our positioning, why people come to us. I think that's been really helpful as well. Yeah, that's really cool. That's really cool. So you're getting like very strategic insights at a macro level from those micro interactions. Very cool. Let's go for I was going to say, I think uh, one segment that, you know, we've been doing quite well is uh, founders that are still selling, but are managing maybe a small sales team. And they're getting all these insights, trying to figure out, because they can't be anymore on all the calls, but they still want to be in control. And I think that's a segment that we've been doing very well. Yeah, it's, I, um, I wasn't thinking of that at first, but uh, of course, if you've got, let's say you're a big team and you've got like 50 sales reps, and somebody is just crushing it on sales, you can not just say, hey, be like Jennifer at sales, you know, be more like her. You can really highlight exactly what are the parts of her pitch that make her successful and make that actionable within a whole organization. So I, I love that aspect. One, one thing we haven't touched upon yet in terms of your business is the data integrations. You, you now have a pipeline into Crunchbase. And so when a sales rep is a sales rep is speaking to a, a prospect, 
They can now see information in terms of how much money the business has raised, how many employees they have, and all of that's pumping in from Crunchbase. So tell us a bit about um, how impactful that has been. And also, what was the sale process to get that agreement lined up with Crunchbase? And, and then where do you go from there? Are there more that are on your target list in terms of uh, getting more data inside Glyphic? Yeah. So, I mean, getting data into Glyphic is definitely something that we want to do, but at the same time, we need to be quite careful because there's different segments, but we're really focusing on supporting the the main user base and Crunchbase there works really well. I think, to be honest, you, you mentioned some of the structured data that they have, but what's also really interesting in, is news that they're tracking. So kind of seeing what's the recent news about this company before you go into the call and you can use that as an opener or maybe understand their business a bit better. I think that's really interesting. Crunchbase, I think how how it came about, you know, really useful data. People always are checking this data before going into sales uh, calls if you're, if you're selling into B2B SaaS tech as well. Uh, and I think Crunchbase themselves are also really interested in seeing how this data could be used in sales in general. And so... From both sides, I think there was interest in exploring this direction. They want to see more about around how the data could be used in sales. We're really interested in integrating it with the information that we have that they don't have access to. So yeah, in terms of other data sources, we're kind of looking at what would be what would be useful and what are people asking for, but uh, nothing you know on the immediate roadmap. Awesome. Uh, well, Adam, we won't keep you much longer. Uh, I'm just curious, like, what are the most exciting things happening in AI for you, maybe professionally and personally? Um, like, what do you like? What's just super interesting, exciting? And it, this could be sales related or just related to AI in general. In AI in general, I'm still kind of still following the LLM large language model space. Mm-hmm. I would say there really interesting things are things like long context. Uh, so kind of being able to feed more data into the LLM when when you're asking it to do some tasks. I think that's just makes life much easier when you're prototyping and kind of iterating on the product. That's a really interesting one and multimodality. So Gemini, for example, mm-hmm. trained on both text, videos, audio, et cetera. I think it's a really good source of, of data. We've been think, hitting a bit of a wall with LLMs and the publicly available text data and high quality data, but there's so much high quality data available in podcasts and YouTube videos, et cetera. So training, training models and all these sources, I think that's going to take us to, to a next level. Multimodal models say that. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Uh, well, thanks so much for chatting. Uh, it's been super, super fun. Yeah. No, thanks as well. Yeah. For inviting me. Uh, great show. And I'm uh, looking forward to the next season as well. 